grateful this morning for the, the presence of the Holy Spirit and those of you who have come uh, to be in fellowship with us this morning. We are uh, looking forward to what the Lord is going to say today and uh, how he has blessed us and allowed us to be uh, here. And we want to share some things that we had talked about on Wednesday night. And uh, we talked about um, uh, the two faces of the wilderness, the two faces of the wilderness, before we get in our text for this morning. And on Wednesday, we talked about having those, the two faces that's in the wilderness. The wilderness has two faces. Now, the first face is whenever um, someone or a conflict may drive you into the wilderness or a situation or a circumstance may drive you into the wilderness. And what the Lord shared with us uh, about that particular part of the wilderness is that he, he allowed us to use uh, from the book of uh, Genesis, he t- we talked about Haggai, uh, Abraham and Sarah and Haggai. And the word Haggai, it meant flight or fugitive. And what happened, if you know the story, uh, Sarah couldn't bear children, so she gave her handmaiden uh, to her husband Abraham. And when he, when they, he, she did, and conception took place, what happened? She got angry. She got upset, and she made it so difficult for for Haggai that what she ended up she been going out into the wilderness. And when she went out into the wilderness, it was because of a a family conflict, uh, the reason why she was driven into the wilderness, and. It's amazing how the different faces of the wilderness, how we end up in the wilderness. Circumstances and situations and uh, family conflict can take us into the wilderness. And it's amazing that once we're there in the wilderness, what happens is that we will meet God in the wilderness. Sometimes we think the wilderness is a bad place, but the the wilderness has, has, has a purpose. Now, For Haggai, as she's sitting there, she's out there in the wilderness, what she discovered was who God is. A lot of times when we're in in the wilderness, we will discover who God is. The first thing that she discovered was that God sees. God sees. El Roi. That's that she discovered who who God is, who that he sees because he saw her being driven out in the wilderness. She she understood that that conflict. God understood that that conflict was what took her out into the wilderness. And then while she's there in the wilderness, um, God tells her to go back to Sarah, the one that has mistreated her. How many of us would like to go back to those people that has mistreated us? I don't think that I would really would like to do that. Amen. But God speaks to her in the wilderness and tells her to go back and submit or surrender herself uh, to Sarah. And so in the wilderness, the wilderness is a place of surrender. It's a place of surrendering. And then when she gets back there and she begins to uh, uh, have a child and, and when Ishmael comes forth, he begins to, to mock uh, and, and, and carry on. And so this time what happens is Sarah now tells Abraham to tell uh, Haggai to leave. She, she's, now she's driven into the wilderness once again. 
But what this time as being driven into the wilderness, she discovers another facet of God. She discovers El Shammah. El Shammah means that God heareth. First she discovers that God seeth because God has seen her in the wilderness. He has seen her conflict. He has seen what she had gone through. But this time now she discovers that he is El Shammah and that he heareth. And one of the strangest things was that God did not hear Haggai's uh, cry, but he heard the lad's cry. Sometimes it's not the person that actually cries out, uh, but it might be an offspring. It might be someone connected that can cry out to the Lord and God would hear. And so now she discovers him as being a God that heareth. And once all the water was spent and there was nothing for them to drink, she had sent her son over in the wilderness waiting for him to die. But then the Lord, what the God does is he shows her a fountain in the wilderness. And not only does he show her a fountain in the wilderness, she discovers who Jehovah Jireh is. Jehovah Jireh is one that would provide. So we understand that the, in the wilderness, there, the wilderness has different faces. And so today, the Lord says, now, I don't want you to leave uh, of that subject about the wilderness. He said, but say this to the people this morning. And our title this morning is Called of the Wow. The Call of the Wow. The Call of the Wow. And we're going to discover some things when it comes down to the call of the wow. Amen. Now, the first thing we want to look at, we want to look at St. Mark chapter number 1. And the first thing we will discover about the wilderness is that the wilderness is necessary for our journey. <laughs> the wilderness, nobody likes the wilderness. It's a desolate place. I mean, it's, it's nobody that's there. And we want to look at that, the fact that the wilderness is very important because the wilderness is part of our journey. So you may wonder, well, Brenda, how did you get there? How, how did we get to this topic about the wilderness? Well, we looked at St. Luke chapter 15 on Wednesday night, and it began to talk about how God says you, you leave, this man leaves his 99 sheep just to go after one. But the place that he leaves them at, was, which to me was very amazing, he leaves them in the wilderness. He didn't leave them with green pastures. He didn't leave them with, um, beside the still waters. But he leaves those 99 in the wilderness. So I began to ask questions. I began to ask questions um, to those that were present. Why did God leave the 99 in the wilderness? Well, uh, uh, Brother Glenn began to talk about how when they are together, they're united, and that's, that's safety in numbers. And then Minister Tom began to uh, elaborate on what, what uh, Deacon Glenn had said, and he talked about in the wilderness, all you got is wilderness. There's nothing there. And he talked about if they were in, uh, left in, in, in a grazing land or, or like the pasture or, or, or right beside the still water, they might be able to be, become distracted. So, therefore, that's why they left them in the wilderness so there would be no distractions. 
Now, as we understand, as we understand that the wilderness is part of our journey toward our destiny. Now, St. Mark chapter number 1, and we're going to look at verse number 10. Verse number 10, we're talking about the call of the wild. St. Mark chapter 1, looking at verse number 10. Here Jesus is being baptized. And verse 10 says, And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open, and the Spirit like a dove descended upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And verse 12 says, And immediately... The Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. Immediately, the Spirit drives Christ into the wilderness. He's being driven into the wilderness to be tested. See, we are driven into the wilderness so we can be tested. Now, verse number 13 says, And he was there, talking about Christ, and he was there In the wilderness, 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. See, in the wilderness, there is an inward fight that goes on, okay? When he was driven out into the wilderness, the Bible says he was there to be tested uh, by Satan. Now, when we are driven uh, into the wilderness, we are tested by the adversary. We're tested by Satan. And not only are we tested by Satan, but we're also tested uh, with these wild beasts that we have on the inside of us ourselves. Amen. We do have wild beasts on the inside of us. Amen. That's that animal-type spirit that we have. Amen. That spirit is driven into the wilderness as well. Now, the next thing it says, we talked about how uh, the wilderness can cause spiritual amnesia. The wilderness can cause spiritual amnesia. Have you ever caught, caught amnesia? <laughs> Have you kind of forgot some things that God has done in your life? <laughs> spiritual amnesia. Let's go to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter number 15. Exodus chapter number 15. And we're going to begin reading at uh, verse number 22. You have to remember now, God had done some miraculous things for the children of Israel. He had brought them through the Red Sea. He had delivered them from the bondage of the world. They had came from out of Egypt. And he had done supernatural things for them. I mean, it was like they saw their enemy drown, and, and, and they came out they came out celebrating, and they came out dancing and giving God praise and glory. But sometimes when God blesses us, when circumstances and situations come in our lives, we seem to get spiritual amnesia, okay? We have a tendency to forget the things that God has done in our lives or brought us to another place in life where we, at one point we may have had a problem. We have been really going through, and God really brought us through. 
But then here comes a situation, a circumstance in our life, and we forget about what God did previously. Let's look at the children of Israel in Exodus chapter number 15. Now, verse 22 in Exodus chapter number 15 says this. It says, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. They went out into the wilderness of Sir, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, remember now, three days prior to, they were celebrating. Have you ever got a, a, a miracle? God did something uh, a fantastic in your life, and you celebrated? And all of a sudden, here it is, three days later, three days later, because they couldn't find no water, that was a need. It's, it's just like in our own personal lives today. Whenever we have a need or we need to have a need that needs to be met, we don't remember what God did before, but we do like the children of Israel. Let's see what they did. Amen. Now, verse number 23 says, And when they came to Myra, Myra means a place of bitterness or a place of discontentment. They could not drink of the water of Myra, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Myra. Watch verse number 24. This is where we find ourselves. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Now, they've seen the miraculous miracles God had performed. Three days in that wilderness state, in that place of desolation, in that, in that drought, all of a sudden now, because they didn't have what they thought they needed, now they begin to murmur and complain. Oh, is the Holy Spirit in the house? <laughs> Do we sometimes murmur and complain, amen, when we don't have the things that we think that we need? And, and it's amazing. They begin, they didn't murmur. They weren't stupid now. They didn't murmur against God. They murmured against Moses. They murmured against the leader. Now, it's a dangerous thing now to murmur against God. Very dangerous. So they began to complain. They began to complain now because they were in the wilderness and there was nothing to drink. They forgot what God had done three days prior. All right? Now, let's look also at Exodus chapter number 16, looking at verse number 2. All right, now, verse 2, chapter 16, in the book of Exodus, it says, And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Now, it wasn't just a few. Now, it's the whole congregation was complaining. Everybody was complaining. Everybody was complaining. Everybody was complaining. See, they murmured against Moses. They murmured against Aaron in the wilderness. Sometimes we do complain, amen, when we're in that wilderness situation, when we're going through. When we are faced with situations of that conflict like Hagar. When we're faced with that situation, we get that family conflict or circumstances or situations in our life, we will begin to murmur. We will begin to complain. And they began to complain. Now, watch what they did, okay? Verse number 3, talking about the call of the wild. Verse number 3 in Exodus chapter number 16 says, 
And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to full, for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. They complaining. I mean, they're at a point. Now they want to, they're wishing they're back at that old place. You know how it is sometimes? It's just like this. Walking this Christian walk, living a life of Christ, it doesn't mean that every bill is going to be paid on time. Amen. Now, if you walked out in, in the world, and you seemed like you, everything that you had, everything, every bill was taken care of, and you didn't like for nothing, but you was caught up in the world, but yet you were still in bondage, because the world is bondage. Amen. But here it is now. They had forgotten the, the burdens that they had to bear. They had forgotten the, about the bondage they had to endure. And now they complain because their bellies is not full. It's just like this. Instead of us appreciating <laughs> what we have in our refrigerator, we began to complain. Amen. I wish I had. It, you know, if I was in the world and, and did, making this kind of money, if I did this, then, you know, my, my cupboard would be filled and I, I wouldn't have to be going through this situation. See, that's how they, they begin to want to, the last place you want to go is back to the world. They, they, going back is not an option. That's what the Lord told us before. Going back is not an option. It's not because the world will deplete us of everything that we have. But they have seemed to have forgotten. They, they said, would, God, would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land. In other words, they want to die in the world. It's crazy. I mean, the, the, it was like, okay, I, 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 I want more. I want, I want to satisfy my flesh. And they talked about how uh, they, they ate bread to the full. In other words, they were saying we had plenty when we was in the world. We had, that's what they were saying. We had plenty when we was in the world, when we were in a place of bondage. But they forgot. They forgot about the, the, the bondage they had to come up out of. They, they forgot how they had to labor while they were out in the world. They, they didn't understand and they did not uh, uh, understand and see the, the goodness of God. All they did was they complained. They complained to the leaders. Moses, huh, Aaron. You brought us out here. Here we are. We're going to die. We're going to die from hunger. You know what? We're going to start learning how to fast. <laughs> we need to start learning how to fast. Because if one day that food situation, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. What happens now if all of a sudden when you come down to this coronavirus and they begin to say you're going to have to stay at home, you can't go out to the marketplace. We're going to have some hungry days if you're not stored up. I, I saw this morning where they said, uh, uh, and I think it was in northern Italy, they had quarantined over 60, 
6,700 people, they could not even leave their home. They woke up with the news, you're confined because the virus had spread. So think about us. Think, think, think. Bring it. Let's bring it home. Let's bring it home. What would we do? Would we say, well, I wish I could have, if I had done something differently, you know, I wouldn't be in this situation. See, we've got to learn how to fast. That means we've got to learn how to put that plate aside. I think Minister, uh, I think Dr. Manley said something last week, a week before last, whenever he stood. He talked about a gorilla was coming. <laughs> Y'all remember that? He said a gorilla was coming. He's, a Godzilla was coming. See, Godzilla is here. <laughs> He's here. Amen. Godzilla is here. Amen. So what are we going to do with Godzilla? Amen. Are we going to trust God? Are we going to sit around and are we going to complain? Because that's exactly what they did. They complained. They forgot all about the miracles, the miracles that God had performed. They, they forgot all about that. They, they forgot about the celebration coming out of bondage and, 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 and so excited for freedom. They totally forgot. They just started complaining. See, there's going to come a time, and the time is now, where we, we need to stop complaining about everything because we, 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 we don't want a part of the global world. What happens now is we, we're to ourselves. <laughs> every man is for themselves. Every man, every nation is for themselves. This is what we threw out there. Then, you know, that's what the president threw out there. Then let's make America great again, okay? All right now. Everybody, all the different na- nations and the countries, well, they're separated now. That There's no connection. So we've got to understand, okay, what are we going to do? Well, what are we going to do? Are we going to trust God? Or, or, or is a situation wherein we can remember the things that God has done for us in the past? We've got to reach back and remember what God had already done for us in the past and bring it into our future. Now, the next thing you want to look at is what to do and what to expect in the wilderness. What to do. And what to expect in the wilderness. What to do and what to expect in the wilderness. All right. First thing we need to do when we're in that wilderness situation is is to trust God. (laughs) Proverbs in in chapter 3, verse 5 tells us we need to trust in the Lord with all our might. And then he says, do for us not to lean to our own understanding. See, when we're in a wilderness situation, we have to trust God. When we're being called uh, by the well to, to enter into the wilderness, we have to learn to trust God. That's the number one thing. We have to trust God. Well, and the next thing is, what is it, uh, what am I to expect while I'm in the wilderness? All right, what am I going to expect? It'll be just like Haggai. Haggai, when she goes out into the wilderness, what happens, God revealed himself to her. He reveals that he was El Roi, the God that sees. God sees the situation we're in. God sees our circumstances. God will reveal himself while we are in the wilderness. 
And not only that, and he will reveal himself as El Shammah, which means a God that hears. God hears our cry. We've got to begin to pray and cry out to God. A lot of times we don't, we don't cry out to God. We don't pray. But I still say that, that the Christian, the body of Christ, has the antidote to every situation that we're facing in this world. Because he is, it's recorded. It's in the book. If my people, if my people, God was saying, if his people that are called by his name, first thing we got to do is turn from our wicked ways. <laughs> I said, that's the first thing on the agenda. Turn from our wicked ways. Wait a minute, God. You said these are your, your people. But God said they got wicked ways. <laughs> he said they got wicked ways. He said, turn from your wicked ways. We got to seek his face. We got to humble ourselves. That means the body of Christ has become too prideful. We need to learn to humble ourselves. Seek his face. We got to pray. Pray is so absent in the body of Christ, it just does not make any sense. People don't pray like they used to. We don't call on the Father like we used to. We don't, we don't call on God. But, we, but I think and praise God that here at House of Destiny, we got enough sense to know we got to pray. Amen. We know we got enough sense to know we got to pray about every situation, every circumstance. And we've seen God's hand move mightily, mightily. This week, this week, I had an experience. This week, we're going to come back to our text. This week, I had an experience. I was here at the church and was having some things done. And needless did I know that the person I was speaking to had an unusual situation, very unusual. He had began to talk about he and his wife not having any children. And so I kind of shared my story with him. And then he said, his, he talked about his wife. His wife's name was Amy. He began to share how she was going through a state of depression. And the reason why she was going through a state of depression is because her father-in-law, who was smoking with his oxygen tent on, and should not have been, it blew up. It exploded. He was her smoking buddy. And he says, he said, my wife, he says she's really having a real, 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 really rough time with this. He said, because I, I told them they could not smoke in the house, and he did, and the, the gentleman, he didn't smoke, but his wife did. So she kind of partnered up with her father-in-law. Well, they told him he couldn't smoke in the house. <laughs> well, while everybody was asleep, what did the father-in-law do? With his oxygen tent on, he lights up, he lights up a cigarette. And when it did, it exploded. And when they, when they walked in on him, his whole head was on fire. Now, his whole head was on fire. And he said, there was nothing I could do. There was nothing that she could do. He said, but he said, I had told my dad not to do that. He said, I told him he did not need to be smoking, period. 
but he did it anyway. And she said, for a minute, I blamed myself because we felt like we could, if we moved dad in with us, that just maybe he would do better. But that didn't happen. Then his, and, and his, he said, my wife blamed herself because when they called for, 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 for the emergency uh, people to come, he said, they put him in the ambulance. And he said, at that time, we didn't go straight with him. Uh, we went home and we got, a, we got a car. And we followed him there. But by the time they get there, he had died. And so his wife said to him that, well, you know, if I had just uh, got, in, got in the ambulance with him, if I could have got in the ambulance with him, just maybe I could have saved him. And I said, I had the opportunity to witness to him. I said, let, let me clarify something for you. Even if she was in there with him, there's nothing she could have done. So there's no need for her to carry that guilt. And, and, and he said, she, they still have going through a real rough time. And I, and I said this to, to, to him, and I said it also, and I asked the Lord. This is what I asked God. I said, God, they're, ch- they're without child. And I said to him, I said, I'm, we're going to start praying that God will bless you all with a child. I'm going to start praying that God bless you all with a child. He said, well, my wife is 43. I said, so? <laughs> Sarah was a whole lot older than that. But she needed something. She needs something because right now she's in such a depressed state. So that's why it's so important when we begin to pray, we don't never know what people are going through. For him, that was a, 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 a severe wilderness state. I mean, a total stranger. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. He just happened to come to do some work for the church. But he felt comfortable enough in this house to share his burden, to share that burden. And we have to be able to give people hope. In this hour and in this time, we got to be able to give people hope, especially when they're going through a wilderness experience. They are in a wilderness experience. But you know what? I believe God. He's going to bless them with a child. I just believe that. Amen. I, I just believe that. I just believe that. So we got to learn to, to, to know that God will reveal himself. God will reveal himself. You know, he, God sees. God hears. Not only does he hear, but God will provide. Even if we get quarantined, God still will provide. God will provide. Amen. God will provide. And then the next thing is we got to get away from this myth. And it's not a total myth, but it's a part myth. Okay. Let's look at, let's look at uh, St. Mark. We're going back to St. Mark chapter number one. I need to read this again. I need to read this again. I need to read it again. St. Mark chapter number one. And we're going to Look at verse number 12, because we're talking about the myths of the wilderness and some things about the wilderness. Now, St. Mark chapter number 1, looking at verse number 12. We previously read this, okay? Now, it says, And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness, talking about Christ, 
immediately after God says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Whenever we get our identity and we get that approval from God, immediately the spirit, the Bible says the spirit drives him into the wilderness to be tested. Now, also, now let's go to St. Luke chapter number 8. St. Luke chapter number 8. St. Luke chapter number 8. Let me show you something. Not only, and this is the scripture that we always quote that about Christ being driven into the wilderness. And that's true. That did happen. And he came out with power. But let me show you something else about that wilderness and who drives us into the wilderness. St. Luke chapter number 8 and looking at verse number 29. What happens here is that, that Christ and his disciples, they get off this boat and they come to the place of gatherings. And while they are there, now there's a man that has an unclean, he has an unclean spirit. And he had, the, devil, the devil had been in for a long time. And he was at a place where he would just, just strip off his clothes. He was, just, he, was, he was just totally insane, totally insane. Now, Christ deals with him. And once Christ deals with him, then he began to, the demons with him, within him, ask him not for the demons to torment him before their time. Now look at verse number 29 in St. Luke chapter number 8. 29 says, For he had commanded, to my Christ, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of a man. For all times it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in feathers. And he broke the bands, look at the latter part, and was driven of who? Of the devil into the wilderness. See, not only does the spirit drive you into the wilderness, but Satan does too. We never talk about how Satan drives us into the wilderness. We, we talk about how Christ, and we teach about how Christ, how the Spirit uh, drives him into the wilderness after he's, for, for him to be tested. Satan drives us into the wilderness for us to be tested too. Because, see, he wants us to deny Christ because we don't really know who we are. Amen. Our homes we are. So Satan will drive you into the wilderness as well. Now, the next thing we need to understand about the wilderness is this. You can lose your life in the wilderness. You can lose your life in the wilderness. All right, last text. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. The call of the wild. You can lose your life in the wilderness. You don't want to hang out in the wilderness too long. You don't want to do that because you can lose your life in the wilderness. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. Verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. Talking about the children of Israel. 
they all was up under the same cloud. It was all up under that same word, that, that word cloud that represents the word. They were all up under the same cloud. They all passed through the sea. They, pl- they passed through the spirit. They all went through the same thing. They had all had the same covering. All had the same covering. And verse 2 says, And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And, and verse 3 says, And then all eat the same spiritual meat. Whenever we're going through the wilderness, God does not have a preference over one than he does over another. They all ate the same spiritual meat. They all did. They all was, was baptized uh, 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 in the sea. When they, they were all baptized, you know, they, when it was going through the Red Sea, they were all overwhelmed with grace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. They were all overwhelmed with grace. They all was overwhelmed with grace. They all were. The entire, the entire crew were. Now, verse number four says, And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. In other words, they all got the same menu. That's what we come down to the body of Christ, even now. You know, whether we're here present or whether the community online, they're all receiving the same word. They're all receiving the same word. The same word. Everybody won't take in the word, but they all receive the same word. Watch what happens. Watch what happens in verse number 5. It says, but with many of them, God was what? God was not well pleased. That's what he said. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. You can lose your life in the wilderness. Because you're in the house, because you, you come to what man say called the building the church, and we are the church, because we all started out on the journey together, because we all started out together, does not necessarily mean that we're going to end up on the other side together. Okay? Because if, if our life, if our walk, if it's not pleasing to God, because the word of God says, you know, God was not pleased. Why was he not pleased? They, they was busy murmuring and complaining and, and uh, uh, just, just talking crazy stuff. After God had done all that he done, he fed them. I mean, he, when they were hungry, he gave them, he gave them flesh to eat. When, when, he, when they were, first come out, he gave them manna. And it's like, what is this? I mean, God fed them. They complained. They were not satisfied with the bread, just like today. Most people are not satisfied with the word. They want entertainment. I don't care about singing for an hour. Singing for hours is not going to help me. I need the word of God to help me. Because the word, and the Bible says everything else is going to pass away, but the God's word will stand forever. So I need what's going to stand forever in these, in these difficult times. But what happened? How do we get so messed up? He tells us we need to hide the word in our hearts so we will not sin against him. So when everything that's happening, is the word truly hid in our hearts? He says, Hide the word in your heart so that we may not sin against thee. 
They were overthrown in the wilderness. You can lose your life in the wilderness. You can lose your life. I mean, because we all started out on the same. I mean, we look around and people we know, people we don't know. They come and they go. Amen. Some of us, you know, we, as we start out on the journey, I mean, just think about some people that you know. Think about family. Think about friends. You know, think about people that you started out on this journey together with. And it, are they still on the journey? I'm talking about the journey of righteousness. Are they still on the journey? Or have they taken a sidestep and they're a sideshow that, that, that's no good for anybody, but yet... They got the same words you got. God fed them. God blessed them. He woke them up just like he woke us up this morning. He, he did all those things. The Bible says he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. God was gracious to, us, to all of us. He's gracious to all of us. He, I mean, he was gracious to them. But look what he said. They did not please God. I wonder, are we pleasing God? Are we pleasing God? Is it could it be that 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 the very reason that our our world and the global world and the condition that is in today is it because we don't please God? Think about it. Is it because we don't please Him when we look at the condition of our world? Is it because he's dissatisfied with us? Is, is, is that the reason that we see what we see? Nature out of control. I call it out of control. It's, I mean, tornadoes are spinning and hurricanes. I mean, tornadoes, whoever thought about hearing, seeing a hurricane in February? I mean, a tornado in February. That, that's, that's not normal. That's not normal. I mean, nature is waiting for man to get it together. That's what the word says. Nature is is moaning and is groaning, waiting for man to come to understand who he is. I mean, if it's not an earthquake, you know, it's a tornado, now we got a disease. What is literally, what is going on? Uh, Is God that dissatisfied with with, with the, the creature that he made in his likeness and in his image? And he, and he said, if my people <laughs> that are called by my name would turn from their wicked ways. Wow. Just think about it. Just think about it. Just think about it. I mean, things are just so out of control. So much so that nature said, hey, I'm out of control too. Man's out of control. Nature is out of control too. Do you not know that, 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 that the ocean has a boundary? From the very beginning of the foundation of the world, the, the ocean, the rivers, the seas, they all have set boundaries. But they're going over the boundaries. Think, what is going on, God? What's happening, Lord? When will God's people get back to praying? Seeking his face, humbling themselves, and turning from their wicked ways. 
When will we get back there? And you know what? The beauty of it, I still say it again. I say it, I'll say it until the day I die. The body of Christ has an antidote to everything that's going on in our world. He said, we do what we're supposed to do. He said, he would heal the land. That's God's word. He said, he will heal the land. That's God's word. But he was displeased. They were overthrown in the wilderness. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 6 says, Now, these things were our, what? Examples. To the intent, we should not lust after evil things as they also lust. If you continue to read the remainder of chapter number 10, God really had a problem. He began to point out all of the fallacies of man and what, what, what they had to go through and what, they were, what made him angry. I wonder what is the expression of God today. I wonder what is the expression of God in regards to the creature that he made. The wilderness was not designed to kill you, but it will kill you if you hang out there in it. Amen. It will kill you if you hang out there in it. Because sometimes God said that's enough. Don't let the wilderness, don't be driven, thank you, Holy Spirit. Don't be driven to the wilderness by Satan. Make sure we're led by the Spirit when we go there, when we end up in the wilderness, in that desolate place. Because that's when God's going to reveal to us who he really is. This day and time, God is going to begin to reveal, if he hadn't already, began to re- reveal himself, show himself to mankind. As Dr. Vanley said the other week here, Godzilla, hmm, is there anything worse than a Godzilla? Hmm, is there anything beyond Godzilla? Oh, we don't know, but God does. What's next? He's trying to bring his people. He's trying to bring his people to their knees to look to him. But how much will we have to go through before we surrender? Before we surrender. Call of the wild. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. Amen. Amen.